This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden and I am joined today by Sam Watson, our newest reporter at the Pulse. I say newest, but you've been here now for a little bit and we're, we're just having you on the podcast now to introduce yourself and talk about uh, the stuff that you've been writing about, but I'm sure people are familiar with your name now that you've been writing for the Pulse for several months. Welcome on and, and thanks for coming in. Awesome. Thanks for having me. So Sam, I want to kind of start with the beginning, introduce you to folks, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff that you've been focusing on. So tell me about yourself, where you're from, where you went to school, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I'm Sam. I am from West Bend, Wisconsin. I went to school at UW-Madison, and I majored in journalism and philosophy there. So it was always my goal to be a reporter in a small town. So here I am. Well, you've, you've done it. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you, do you have any ties to Door County or connections before you came here? No, I've only actually come here once before moving here. And that was on my 21st birthday with my best friend. So I don't remember much of it. Well, that's, that's <laughs> fair. So you, you just, you jumped right in. I sure um, did. Why did you want to be a reporter and why specifically in a small town? Yeah. So the small town bit was more of a recent discovery because I moved to Madison two years ago to go to school and I realized that I did not like living in a big city. And, you know, Madison isn't even big necessarily. But yeah, it was it was my goal before that to move to Chicago to be a reporter. But then, you know, I realized that this is this is not the move for me. So I wanted to do a small town, kind of similar to the one that I grew up in. And yeah, that that was that was the goal. And for the reporter part, I've always liked writing ever since I was like a little kid. So this just seemed like the the right path for me. Well, I feel you on the the big city move. Yeah. I from a small town, moved to the city, moved to Minneapolis for college. Also thought I was going to live in the city and do theater and stuff like that. And yeah. then I guess, I don't know, it's weird. If you would have asked me before I moved if I would live in the city full time, I'd probably say like, yeah, yeah, I'll stay here for a while. I'm maybe in my 30s or 40s have a family move to a suburb kind of thing. Sure. But then I moved here. And then every time I go back to the cities, I'm like, Ugh, right. How? Yeah, me too. I'm like, how did I ever do this? Right. And there are some people who absolutely thrive in the cities. Yeah. I have many friends back from college who are like really still living that life. Right. I've just always been old. <laughs> I've always I feel been that. an old yeah. man. And so I just, I prefer the suburbs and places like this. Yeah. I thought for sure I was going to miss like, the connections that I had or mm -hmm. the availability of stuff. And I did maybe for a year or two, but it seems like since I moved up, a lot of things have come here that weren't here before. And a lot of things mm -hmm. have changed here. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I don't miss it yeah. very much. I like to visit, mm -hmm. but even then I, I only like to visit for a little bit. Cause I'm like, right. This is right. No, I feel that the one thing I really miss about living in a city or near a city is sushi. That's like the only thing that, that I, I'm craving up here, but <laughs> so um, have have you been told about Akano's sushi? Yet? No, I haven't. What Akano is that? Foods has a sushi bar now. <gasps> no way! And they, I think it started in the springtime, mm -hmm. and it was so popular it was always sold out. <laughs> but you can go and pick up some pre-made stuff, or you can order ahead and do that kind of thing. It's really good, and yeah. the prices are really great. And I think on Tuesdays they do 
like $5 rolls or something like oh, that. Oh, awesome. So yeah, that was also my thing is yeah, my, yeah. my wife especially loves sushi. Oh yeah. And we get a kind of food sushi. Well, now it's called like Tadich's home style market or it has a new name. Okay. Oh, in Sturgeon Bay? Yes. I did go there. Yeah. The, the store she, it was, it was good. Yes. It was, it was, it fulfilled that itch. Yes. I, I agree. That was actually my wife's first meal postpartum. Oh, nice. Our daughter yeah. was a party a, a like party a party platter, platter <laughs> awesome. of sushi. That's awesome. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. There was a lot of stuff that I moved and I was like, oh man, I wish this was here. Right. A bar arcade. Mm, then that mm-hmm. opened up. Cute little bookstore. Mm-hmm. Then that opened up. Like there's a lot of stuff that has come since I've I've moved here. I think it's, I think it's my fault. I think that I will. <laughs> right. Um, but no, I, I totally get that. And the things mm-hmm. that you feel like you miss either aren't as big a priority as you thought they were going to be or you just realize that like, you're gaining other things that right. you didn't know were going to be a priority. Yeah, absolutely. So when when did you officially start with the Pulse? Ah, uh, that was in May, this May. How does somebody look for a job in journalism? Oh gosh, I started looking way too early. So I was graduating in May, but I started looking for jobs in like January, and that's why I applied for the Pulse actually before I graduated because I know it's it's kind of a hard field to get into sometimes. And then you, you made the move mm-hmm. and you're now here full time. Yep. And I guess now that you've been doing this for a while, tell me some of the stuff that you have been reporting on and, and maybe gauge like what your expectations were versus what you're actually doing. So I didn't really have expectations. I wasn't really sure to, what to expect before moving here. But yeah, I've been working on the Bailey's Harbor Beat, so covering a lot of town board meetings, very exciting. And then I've also been working on A&E, so I've been doing a lot of like live music, artists, uh, theater, stuff like that. So it's, it's it's been good. It's it's nice having kind of a variety like that. Yeah, I would imagine, because yeah. some people just do news, mm-hmm. and then some people just do arts and entertainment and stuff. Yeah. And you write really great for both. Thanks. So it, it's cool to see your stuff on theater, especially. That was kind of my specialty when I was editing the arts and entertainment section, just because that's that's my background. But I love reading your perspective on it, too. I think one of your first big pieces that you did for A&E that I thought was wonderful is you did a write-up on the uh, taxidermist down in Sturgeon Bay. I did. Yeah, that was a fun one. I Because that was back when Sarah was still with us, I begged her to be able to do that. I was like, this is such a weird niche thing, and I, I want to cover it. So it was, it was really interesting, actually, to watch. I ended up just sitting there for like an hour and a half just like kind of transfixed by the guy but it was, it was pretty cool he, he seems like an interesting guy and, and reading your experience of it i think was was cool and it yeah. it answered questions for me but it also like reaffirmed the thoughts that i had early right. on about it because i'm the type of person who looks at taxidermy in that context and i'm like this is cool it's right. very weird but it, it's cool <laughs> And I feel like that came across in, in your writing of it as well. This oh, is yeah. cool. It's, it's definitely weird. <laughs> right. That was the goal. In terms of like when you're writing news versus when you're writing for arts and entertainment, do you have different things that you look for or different strategies that you use when you're putting the stories together? Well, news, it's all about being concise. So I, I use a lot less words when I'm writing news. But for arts and entertainment, I can kind of be more creative, which is, you know, what I like about writing. But I also kind of like, you know, trying to, to pare down the most essential information and including that in an article. So yeah, again, it's it's really nice to have both. Yeah, and I figure that like when you're reporting on something, it's all about the facts and mm-hmm. and less about like, I, I don't have a journalism background. I have a playwriting background. Oh, cool. But I, I would imagine that when you're 
reporting on something, it is more about the facts and less about like, I don't know, explaining an experience mm-hmm. like you would with entertainment writing. And, and feel free to correct me on that because no, I, I've never done it. Yeah, that's definitely accurate. It's a lot more fact-based than, you know, how it felt to be there or be, you know, experiencing this art or anything like that. But yeah, yeah, again, it's a it's a good balance. Do you find it challenging, like when you're reporting, to report unbiasedly? Because I know that that's a big part of it. Everything that I wrote always had my bias in it because I was writing about theater or entertainment. And especially if I didn't, if I wasn't super knowledgeable about what I was writing Mm -hmm. about, it would always be from my perspective. Sure. And I feel like you don't do that nearly as much in in reporting. Yeah. How does that kind of work for you? I guess it's not as big of an issue as I kind of assumed that it would be just because I am reporting on not super controversial things, especially at Bailey's Harbor. It's a lot of, you know, town board meetings, stuff like that. That's not really, you know, the hot button issues that you would have to, you know, struggle to be more unbiased on. So yeah, it hasn't been that hard. Have you learned anything from doing, because I I also think that it would be fascinating to go to a town board meeting and write about it because it's so out of my wheelhouse. Have you learned anything through like covering small town politics? Yeah. Well, I've learned that things that don't seem like a big deal to me are a big deal to somebody else, especially in such a small town like this. And I've also learned, you know, a lot about just town government and how that works. When I was in school, I actually never had a class about any of this. Like I never learned how to report on a town board meeting. And yeah, so it's been it's been a huge learning curve. The first couple of meetings, I was just lost, and I'm sure that showed. But yeah, so s- since then, kind of working from the ground up, I've I've learned a lot about government. So that's been really cool. Yeah, and I, I actually I don't think that your story is that unusual, especially for young people, because mm-hmm. everything that I've learned about city planning and zoning and boards and voting and all of that. I've learned through osmosis here at the Pulse because I didn't have, like, I had civics classes that told us about the House and Senate and the President. That was kind of as far as it went. I don't think we ever talked about local government. So there's very few things I actually knew going in. So here's a little inside baseball for our listeners. When you hear me playing dumb and asking the really simple questions, a lot of times I actually don't know the answer. So I'm finding out for the first time there. I, I don't think that that is that unusual though. And it, it's one of the reasons why I always ask those like foundational questions of like, okay, so what is a town board? Yeah. Because I, I got a feeling that there's a lot of our listeners who are similar, especially for the people who like listening to our arts and entertainment episodes. I feel like those people might not know. And, and so like, Boiling it down to its basics, I think, is important to do pretty much every time you talk about it because we take for granted that everybody knows what we're talking about. That was something that I did even when I was writing for theater because I was writing about it on a much higher level and about things that people don't necessarily know just going to see shows. And I did that on purpose because I wanted to open that door a little bit more for people. But it's interesting hearing your experience of being kind of thrown into this and covering it and learning as you go and pointing out the failings of our public education system along the way. I mean, Deb, our editor, asked me one of the first times that I was covering a meeting. She was like, have you ever done this before? Have you ever done it? Like, not in a condescending way or anything like that, but just like, "Have have you done this before? And I was like, no, this was honestly before my first 
town board meeting that I had to cover. This was when I was working remotely on Zoom. I spent like three hours watching like YouTube videos and like looking stuff up online, reading Wikipedia articles just to like figure out like the bare bones of like what am I actually going to be seeing tonight. But I mean, practice made it a lot easier too. I think that that is also very like indicative of young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we don't know something, we're going straight to YouTube <laughs> yeah, to find absolutely. out how to do it. Yep. But no, that that's great. And I, I think that having that perspective of somebody who's learning about these things is great because when you learn about something, and, and this is how it works for me, whenever I learn about something, I want to tell somebody else about it. That's just how I process information. Mm-hmm. So I will like... I'll spend like two days learning about some niche thing and then I'll turn to my wife and be like, please let me tell you everything that I learned about this. I know you don't care, but I just have to say it to somebody. But I think that that's, that's a really great educational tool because you are, your perspective on it comes from a a fresher perspective that can be like, Hey, this is what I've, I've learned about this. And if you also didn't know this thing, I I feel like you you pick those things out and you're writing. Yeah. Definitely. I totally process things verbally, too, because while I was learning like all that stuff about my, you know, the the town board meeting I was covering, I went to my boyfriend and I was like, let me tell you everything I know about town government. And it's it was not interesting to him. It's kind of interesting to me, but I was like, I, I just I need this to happen. So I it, it can like cement in my brain. Right. Well, let's take a break. And then when we come back, I want to talk just a little bit about some of the other stories that you've covered, some other things from your perspective of coming to Door County and, and that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwanee counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers. Some of Door County's best stargazing happens indoors. Every year at Door Community Auditorium, we present a star-studded lineup of concerts featuring artists like Brandi Carlisle, The Lumineers, Jason Isbell, Mavis Staples, Billy Strings, Beach Boys, and Buddy Guy. You're now listening to Marty Stewart and his fabulous superlatives returning to our stage in Fish Creek, October 22nd. Visit dcauditorium.org for a full calendar of upcoming events and to get your tickets today. Okay, we are back. Before we jump into some other stuff that you write about, what do you do when you're not writing? (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's a great question. When I'm not writing, I'm still writing because I like writing. (laughs) So when I'm not writing for my job, I'm, you know, working on some stuff by myself. I also really love horror movies and, you know, it's spooky season. So I've been watching a lot of those lately. Good. It has been impacting my sleep, but, you know, that's fine. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's a lot of hanging out at my house with my two cats. Awesome. And I, I'm assuming that you are picking out interests 
based on the stuff that you're writing for arts and entertainment too. Like you've been covering theater a lot. Is that something that you were interested in before or is that something that you're interested in now? Both. Yeah, I was in theater in high school for all four years. And then before that, I was in some community theater programs. So yeah, it's been really cool to kind of revive that old interest because in college, I kind of let that fall to the wayside. But yeah, it's been it's been cool. Yeah, that was my experience too of like, yeah. now I'm going to cover restaurants and I'm going to cover art and I'm going to cover music. And on my own, I don't necessarily like pursue those interests all the time, but mm-hmm. having to for work, I think is great. And that's one of the things that we like use as a, a benefit to our interns. When we bring interns in is like, you're going to come and you're going to go out into the community and you're going to do really cool stuff all summer and you're going to write about it. And we're going to put you on the water and we're going to put you in concerts and we're going to do all of this stuff so that you just have a really cool summer. You just have to write about everything that you do. Yeah. And that that's kind of the shtick when you're doing arts and entertainment is you're going to restaurants, you're going to shows, you're you're out there doing this stuff so that you can share the coolest things with the readers. And I think that it's awesome that you get to do that as well as your reporting stuff because mm-hmm. having that mixture I think is really important. Yeah. I'd like covering town board meetings, but if my whole job was town board meetings, I don't know. I don't know if I could handle that. Right. What are some other standout stories that you've been able to work on since you started? That's a great question. I mean, my favorite ones have always been the theater ones, just because that is my special interest. Oh, and there's a show attached to it, so you get to see something cool. Exactly. Yeah, it's super cool. It's a lot of, like, I, I guess some of my favorite stories are the ones that, like, help me learn about something, like, niche that I never would have picked up on otherwise. And so, like, I had a piece a while ago about beekeeping, Um, And so I learned a bunch about beekeeping and how that works and how, you know, you keep bees alive. And it's a lot more complicated than I thought it was. But yeah, so stuff like that, that and the taxidermy one, you know, both both really cool and kind of opening me up to to stuff that I I never would have learned about otherwise. Right. And I know that you're working on a bunch of stuff right now for issues that are coming out. I believe this is going up on Friday, and I don't know if you have anything particular in this week's issue, but I know that in the coming weeks you have several things that you're working on, one of which you have completed, and it should be in next week's issue, is a piece on, like, what performers do when they're not on stage, right? Yeah, so that one's super cool. I I kind of never thought about you know, what it is to just be an actor, like, every day, you know, and how, how these people, like, what what else they do other than just, you know, get up on a stage and act. And so a lot of them have side gigs. A lot of them have a bunch of plays, you know, immediately lined up after whatever play that they're doing here. So it was really cool to, to kind of dive into that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, it's very hard to have an acting job 365 days out of the year. Right. Right. It's hard to like line up your whole year to just, I'm subsisting purely on acting. Very few actually get to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why there's like the stereotype of actors working as servers or waitresses (laughs) or bartenders. Right. Because a lot of them do. It's a very flexible job where it's like, oh crap, I need to be gone tonight for an audition. So I'm going to get somebody to cover my shift that you can't do in another type of job. What were some of the stories that you you found out from that? There were a couple people who had, you know, a bunch of other acting gigs lined up. A lot of people are like involved in theater in other ways, which I found was really interesting. So there were people who were, you know, when they weren't acting, they were directing or they were managing stuff backstage. That was really cool. And then other people, you know, have day jobs here in Door County or elsewhere. One of the coolest ones that I talked to is playing Squidward in an upcoming um, version of like like a 
SpongeBob musical. So I thought that one was fun. Great. What other pieces do you have kind of coming up in the works? With it? What other things are you investigating? So I am working on one about Peninsula players' new dorms that they're working on. So that one's really cool. And I also talking to Sturgeon Bay's Hope Church. They just hired their first female reverend, which is really interesting. So I'm going to get a chance to talk to her next week. Awesome. I am looking forward to both of those. The the Penn Players story is cool. I think that that one's been coming for a while because basically everybody who works there or 90% of them all live there during the summer and they have some really great housing for their actors and for their production staff. And now they are like working on this big campaign to renovate everything else to get it all up to that point. A couple of years ago I was there and saw like where the interns stay and it was like, yeah, these were (laughs) awesome when they were built in the (laughs) seventies, but they could use some modernization. And I think that that it's a cool project that they're doing over there to bring their living environment to make it really cool. Yeah, definitely. I was really shocked to hear that they live there, you know, the whole summer. There's no air conditioning, which, you know, you kind of expect that looking at the outside of these buildings. But um, there's also no running water. So for a while they had a shower house and then they have a shower trailer. But I'm like, that yep. has got to be awful. Yeah, I've seen the shower trailer. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, they make it work. Right. They, do, they do a great job. But I think that these new dorms and everything are going to be are going to be very nice. Definitely. Sam, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you think is important for people to know? Anything else coming up or any anything that, that people should know about you before we wrap up? Oh, gosh. You know, I'm, I'm 21, so I'm often the youngest person in the room. So if, if you see somebody who's, you know, has glasses, very short, short blonde hair, that's probably me. Yeah, when you're at a <laughs> There's board not meeting, a, yeah. look for the youngest person. Exactly. That's, that's, that, is, that is probably me. So come say hi. That's <laughs> fair. And you know what? That's something that Miles says. And he's in his 40s. And he's like, I'm always the youngest person in these meetings. No, I'm beating him. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sam. Are you excited? Are you excited to write? I am so excited. Are you excited yeah. for your first winter here? I, I don't know about that. I've, I've heard they're pretty rough here <laughs> they they can be it depends okay. it, it really depends winter is kind of when people like see each other again for the first time yeah. so if you're able to find like a group of friends to hang out with it's not so bad okay it's also not as bad in Sturgeon Bay where are you living uh, Sister Bay okay so that's the opposite yeah <laughs> opposite end of the spectrum right. Sister, I don't know Sister Bay is kind of hopping you can hang out with Miles there you go yeah alright thank you Sam and I will chat with you again soon Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.